With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenet Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. We're opening our Bible today to the book of Galatians, chapter number 6, and continuing our study on the subject of sowing and reaping. We're looking at God's law of the harvest and God's method of providing finances for His missions program in the local church so that that church can have a worldwide outreach for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I remind you in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7, the Word of God said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse number 8, the Bible said, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then in verse 9, the Bible said, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And we're looking at these verses at God's law of the harvest, and then we're looking at what a missions meeting and a missions program that is scripturally based will do for the local church. I said to you, first of all, there are four unbreakable laws in God's law of the harvest. Number one, you reap what you sow. Number two, you reap after you sow. And then number three, you reap more than you sow. And then number four, you reap according to how much you sow. So those four principles are unbreakable in God's law of the harvest. Now, if you go out and plant a garden, you might have a crop failure, but there never has been, nor will there ever be a crop failure in the law of God's harvest. You sow it, you will reap it. And then we begin to look at that principle in the light of missions money for the local church. And that's God's plan. I did not put it in the Bible, but God put it there as a method of you and I understanding how that he would provide for missions for a worldwide missions outreach in our local church. Again, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6, he that sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully will reap also bountifully. You sow a little, you reap a little. You sow more, you reap more. You sow a lot, you reap a lot. And then I began to deal with how important it is that our people in the church understand the Word of God concerning missions. And again, I emphasize, I believe every pastor should take the time and teach his people what the Bible teaches about missions, or else bring in someone who could teach them and preach to them the principles laid down in the Word of God in the matter of giving to missions. And again, I want to emphasize, I'm not looking for meetings, but I'm simply saying to you, God said, my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. And that's true in many, many areas 
of Bible doctrine. And again, I emphasize that most church members see missionaries as strangers who come to our church to get our money and go their way and do their thing. And they see it as taking away from the local church both the money and the people that's needed for the work of God there. But again, may I say to you, dear friend, missions does not take away from the church. A Bible-based missions program will open many wonderful doors of opportunity for that local church and will do some things in that church that will change it for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I realize all that a mission meeting and a Bible-based missions program does for the local church, then I do not marvel that the devil hates it and fights it so. But I started out saying to you, first of all, that a mission meeting that honors Christ, one that is based upon the Word of God, will build the faith of the local church. God will build their faith by the expounding of the Scriptures, by the experiences that are shared, and by the expressions of satisfaction. Then I said to you, number two, that it will build a fire, a revival fire in the local church. God will build a revival fire by making your church people conscious of souls that are lost, conscious of the Savior that loves, and conscious of the Spirit that leads. And they will employ those thoughts in their local church work as well as a mission work, and it will bring revival to that local church. And then I pointed out on yesterday that a missions program that honors Christ will build the fellowship of that local church. You see, missions has a way of destroying a selfish spirit and at the same time developing a sharing spirit and a steadfast spirit. And so missions will unite that church in a bond of fellowship like you've never saw before. Most of them never divide over doctrinal issues. They divide over little petty things. And the reason they do that is because they do not have anything any more important upon their heart and upon their mind. But friend, when you get a congregation aware that the world's going to hell and their blood will drip from our fingertips at the judgment seat of Christ, then that congregation can band together and unite together in the work of missions and forget their petty differences and have a church that glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus Christ. Now then, I want to come today to the fourth thing, and I want you to notice that a missions meeting and a missions program that honors Christ, one that is scripturally based, will build the finances in your local church. Now, I'm afraid here is the fear of many pastors. They're afraid that if we initiate a missions program, that it will take away from the finances that we're receiving at the church. But I want to say to you, friend, when your people understand the principle of giving by faith to missions, when they understand that it's not them giving, but it's God supplying through them, it will not only build finances for that mission program, it will also build finances for the general fund of your local church. I've saw so many churches that could give the same story that I'm about to share with you. Again, I've mentioned many times in 1973, God began to move upon my heart that I was going to be changing churches. And when I went to the new church, he wanted me to begin an annual missions meeting. 
at an annual Bible conference. And so, in June of 1973, I moved to the Bethel Baptist Church in Jacksboro, Tennessee. That church had gone through a lot of difficult situations. And when I arrived there, I began to talk to them about this matter of missions. Well, when I got there, the church was in a financial struggle. And we struggled financially for several months there. But then we began in 1974 with our first missions meeting. During that missions meeting, our people promised to give just a little over $100 a week to missions. That's above their tithe and any other commitment made to the local church. So we began to receive over $400 a month for missions. Before we began the missions meeting, the church was struggling financially. But after we began that missions meeting, I noticed something very unusual happened. There was not a large increase in number to explain this, but our finances for the church treasurer also went up quite a bit. We had about a $100 increase in the regular Sunday offering on a weekly basis. And so God helped our church financially because we had a heart to obey him and carry out the Great Commission. You see, my friend, we've got to realize that God owns it all. And the financial responsibility of the church does not just rest upon the people, but it rests upon God. And as the people obey God, then God honors them. God has got a principle given in 1 Samuel chapter number 2. God said, they that honor me, I will honor. And God will do that. And so when we began Faith Promise Missions giving that first year, within a matter of three months, all of our bills were paid up to date and we were never in financial trouble again the nine and a half years that I stayed there. God allowed us to do many things and pay for it as we went. And so, friend, listen, when you obey God, when you honor God, then God will honor you. Now, let me just take a moment and talk about what I'm dealing with. You see, faith promise giving is simply the membership of the church seeking the face of God about what God wants them to trust Him to supply through them to the mission budget of their church on a weekly basis. They pray. God lays upon their heart what He wants them to do. They obey God. And as they obey God, they discover that God's spoon is larger than their shovel. God will not allow you to outgive Him. And as they give out, God gives in. And many, many churches could testify how that God has used missions to enable them financially to do things at home that they could not do otherwise. I remember years ago, I had an invitation to come to a church in the state of South Carolina. I went over there and introduced Faith Promised Missions to them. The entire budget of that church for that year was only $4,800. The pastor worked a full-time job as well as pastoring his church, and they got a hold of missions. They started out in a small way, but God began to bless them. And the property that they had was appraised at $28,000. Well, that year's faith promise was not a lot, but God blessed it. And then I went back the next year, 
And they doubled their faith promise giving to missions. And all the time, the finances of the church is growing as well. That church today runs about 300, 350 people in church. And that church takes in more money now on a weekly basis than it did on an annual basis then. You see, what happened, preacher? They recognized God's spoon was bigger than their shovel. As they give out, God gives in. And friend, God is not hurting financially. God can both supply the need of the local church and the mission program they want that church to have. When that church learns the truth, it will start giving by faith in the principle of sowing and reaping. I feel like I can hear somebody responding, but preacher, our church just does not have the money. Well, friend, do something with what you've got. If you cannot sow much, sow a little. If you can sow more, sow more. If you can sow a lot, sow a lot. But you reap what you sow after you sow, more than you sow, but according to how much you sow. I promise you there'll be no crop failure when you sow it in the harvest of God. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me remind you that November is our anniversary month, and it's also letter month. Each year in November, we encourage our listeners to write to us and let us know if the broadcast is a blessing. And then by the letters that we receive during the month of November, we make our plans for the coming year on the station that you listen to. So I want to encourage you today, if the broadcast is a blessing to you, you'd love to see it continue on this station. Be sure and pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio work. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. Your letter will be a vote to keep this broadcast on your station. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at the same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh, do not wait. It's gross.